Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. And welcome to USA Global TV and radio, where we are having a banner day of broadcasts. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network, where we have over 25 live shows each week. Our show today is entrepreneur and so much more. And our topic is what business owners need to know about project management. The star of our show is Justin Rigliani. He is an amazing person. He's a dear friend and he is helping people all over the world. He leads by example. He leads with his heart. He's incredibly strong physically and emotionally. And he is a TV show and radio show host. He is an entrepreneur. He is one of our elevated listeners. Let's bring him out. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, Dr. Jacqueline. How are you? Hey, so good to see you. I always look forward to this Monday night with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to myself. Good seeing you. Glad you're feeling better. You look great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very well. And how are you doing? Doing all right. Yeah, just uh, this time of year gets busy, of course, with Christmas coming up and the holiday season and finishing up the year with work and family stuff. And it's fun. But man, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot, you know, there's probably five or six topics we could talk about right there, just about closing out the year, especially as a business owner. But we're going to be yeah. talking about project management. And, you know, those two words together kind of give me chills because I'm not good at project management. And I know that you help people with that. And that is something that you really are an expert in. So I'm going to turn it over to you to walk us through what business leaders and owners need to know about project management. Sounds good. So happy to do that. So welcome, everybody. It's great to have you here for our show, Entrepreneur and So Much More. And, um, you know, I always am so thankful for Dr. Jacqueline, all that she does to build this this uh, platform. It's just amazing. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about project management. I, I've been teaching Microsoft Project. It's software. It's obviously Microsoft software for project management. And it's a way that you're able to uh, take your, your resources. And when we talk about resources, we're talking about the people who get the job done, the equipment, the materials. So if you're building a house, you need uh, lumber, you need screws, you need concrete, you need all these different materials. Uh, you need people, you need a contractor, you need a plumber, you need electricians, you need, um, uh, any, a project manager, you, you need all those things. Uh, also resources like, uh, airfare and you got to worry about, uh, meals and tolls and all the expenses and also the tasks, the things that need to be done, the, the little pieces of work. I say, I call them the protein protein is the building block of muscle. If you want to grow big muscle, you need protein, uh, the protein for projects 
is are the tasks, getting the tasks done. And we talk about creating a work breakdown structure, having your high level tasks and your low level tasks. And then we talk about how to marry those resources to the tasks. So if I have a, a task, paint the room, then I need a painter to, to paint the room. So we make the assignments there. And I've been teaching that for over 20 years, probably 20, yeah, 23 years now. Uh, I've been teaching Microsoft Project. And now what I'm starting to do is branch out a little bit more into the project management, um, really the, the, the architecture of project management, not only the, the software. We really, in the software, talk about the software. We don't get into the, the art and the science of project management. And it certainly is both. It's an art and a science. And if it's done right, your projects are done on time, within budget, and um, the quality of the deliverable, whatever that project deliverable is, is going to be what you want it to be or better. And certainly, if you have a project where you're going to develop a, a car, a vehicle, you want that vehicle to be as good as it gets. You, the brakes have to work. The, the uh, stereo system has to work. Obviously, the brakes are more important than the stereo system, but all of the aspects of that car all all of the uh the amenities must be there otherwise it's it's not going to be successful so one of the things i teach in that in that project course um a microsoft project is think about a, a car dealership and let, let's say we're, we're an automotive company and the new car year is september so in september the 2023s came out Next year in September, the 2024s will come out. So it's it's a little bit ahead of schedule for the year. It's not like the 2023s will come out in January. That's not how it works. It comes out a little bit earlier. So in any event, one of the things I pose to the students is, well, let's say that you're developing this new vehicle. And it's a great vehicle. Everything works. It's it's wonderful. Uh, it's aerodynamic. It's got great, great gas mileage. Uh, it's a beautiful car. People love it. They, they're going to just go crazy over it. But you don't get it into showrooms until January of, of 23. Well, that, that's a problem because the people who were looking for a new car were looking for it in September and October and November of 22. And they've already spent their money. They, they bought their cars. And unless they're very, very wealthy, most people are not going to trade in a car that they bought in, let's say, September of 22 in December of 23. That, that's a terrible mistake, considering that you're going to lose so much money on depreciation. So, you know, even though you have this wonderful car that everybody would, would love to have and, and people are going crazy over it, you're not going to sell enough to meet your product, uh, your profit margin because you got it into showrooms too late. Now, another scenario would be, what if you did get into, into showrooms on time? So you got it into showrooms in September of 22. That's great. But you went $10 million over budget. Well, you still have a car that's great. It works. It's got great everything. All the amenities, people love it. It's a wonderful car. Um, you know, it, it, you're, you're selling like crazy. That's, that's great. However... 
you went over budget. So again, you're not going to make your profit margin because you're going to have to sell so many more cars just to make up that loss. And then on top of that, try to hit your profit margin. That's going to be a problem. So there's, there's number two. And then number three, the probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, definitely the worst one is, let's say you're under budget, right? Now everybody wants to be under budget. I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. And you get it into showrooms on time. You get it into showrooms in um, September. It's great. You're under budget. You're on time. But the brakes don't work. So now you put a car on the road with faulty brakes. Well, what's going to happen? You're going you're gonna to have a car out on the road that's going to cause a lot of accidents. You're going to get sued for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, the worst thing is people will be hurt or killed because of your mistake by putting a car on the road. So the, the human toll is the worst thing. Uh, the damage to your, your uh, company name, to your um, – uh, trying to look for the word here. Uh, your reputation, couldn't think of the word, your reputation is going to be uh, extremely damaged and you might not recover for a very long time. And I think back, I was a kid, but in 1982, 1982, the Tylenol incident where uh, somebody had put cyanide in, in uh, capsules in, in Tylenol. And even though it wasn't Tylenol's fault, by any stretch of the imagination, it was some crazy person who put these uh, uh, put cyanide in these capsules. But it took a long time for people to feel comfortable buying Tylenol after that. So even though it wasn't their fault, they still suffered from a, a, a tremendous hit to their reputation. And that's what would happen to your company. If you're an automotive company, uh, you know, it would take de probably a decade or more for people to say, yeah, I'll give them a chance again. So you're going to lose sales in the future. So these are the things that you have to think about as a project manager. And it, it seems so simple. It's like, well, of course, you know, you want to put a great product on, on the road. Uh, of course, you want to be under budget. Of course, you want to be on time. But how do you juggle that? How do you get that done? Um, you know, here, here's a scenario that I, I use in the class. What if we have a, a, a task to put fuzzy dice in the rearview mirror of the cars? I mean, that could be cool, and that's nostalgia. Put fuzzy dice in the rearview mirror. And maybe it's going to cost you not that much money. Maybe it'll cost you like $50,000 by the time you put the dice in. You buy the dice themselves. You pay people to install the dice. Let's say it costs you $50,000. That's not a huge hit to your, your budget for a big, big automotive company. And let's say it takes two weeks to get that done. Okay. Now, you got to ask yourself. Is it worth it? Even though it's a little bit of money compared to what your budget is, 50000 is not that big of a deal when you're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars. But will people make a $20,000 or more decision based on whether there are fuzzy dice in the rearview mirror? I don't think they will. So if I'm a project manager, although it's a cool idea and it's neat and it's kind of nostalgic to put fuzzy dice in the rearview mirror, do I really want to blow up $50,000 in two weeks on something that probably will not make any difference whatsoever in the sales of the car? So I would probably say, you know what, let's nix that one. Now, you might have another task, inspect the brakes. Maybe that's going to take you six months and it's going to cost 
five million dollars by the time you have people inspect the brakes and make any changes that need to be made so it's going to cost you a tremendous amount of money to inspect the brakes it's going to cost you a tremendous amount of time to inspect the brakes but as a project manager do you say to yourself well you know what i'd like to save five million dollars and i really would like to save six months worth of time you know what let's take it out let's not inspect the brakes let's just hope or assume that the brakes will be great and everything will be fine. Well, you're opening yourself up to what would be a tremendous mistake because yeah, your, your brakes might be okay, but if they're not, the cost of that would be astronomical and the human toll. And, and if, if you're not even worried about the human toll, you, if you're just worried about finance, which is sad, but some people are that way where it's just the, the money is, is the bottom line. But even if you're a money bottom line person, you're going to get crushed. Your your car, again, you're, you're not going to be able to sell any more cars. You're going to have to fix the cars that you already sold. You're going to lose money because of lawsuits, which justifiably you have to take on and settlements. And the damage to your reputation as a company would be absolutely obliterated. So, you know, those are just the simple things of project management. Now, over the last couple of weeks, I've been taking a course. It's uh, it's actually six six courses, and um, it's all about project management. And what I'm hoping to do by by getting into these courses is to take the gigantic amount of information that there is for project management and simplify it a little bit, and create a class that's a little more streamlined. Um, so this course, or I should say, the series of courses, each course itself should take about a month. Uh, so there are six of them. It should take about six or seven months by the time you're completely finished. So each course has, has week one, week two, week three. Some of them have four weeks, some of them have five, some have six. And uh, then you take a test at the end of the week. Now I'm fortunate enough to have been in project management long enough to really know a lot of this information ahead of time. So for me, I've been able to take these courses and um, get them done in a very short amount of time. So I, I finished already the first three courses uh, in two weeks and I'm a third of the way through uh, the fourth course. So I, what should take six months for me is going to probably take only about a, a month or maybe a month and a half. Um, that's not going to be the same for most people because uh, it's not that I'm smarter than anybody else or, or uh, you know, have this, this, this incredible ability to, to speed read or anything. I've, I've done it long enough. I've done it for 23 years. So a lot of the information is stuff that I already know. Um, for somebody who's just starting out, that's not going to be the case. It's going to take you uh, probably six months to do it. Now, what we're starting to see is that people are not following through. So they'll take the first course, they get through it, they feel accomplished, but then there's still a mountain ahead of you. There's course two through six. And what's happening is people are taking the first course and then they're kind of stopping and, and that's it. Or they'll take the first one and the second one, but no one's taking the third, fourth and fifth. Or some folks are taking the first course and then just skipping ahead to fifth or sixth. You can't get your your certification unless you pass them all. So what's happening is people are not finishing uh, all of the courses. I will be finishing all the courses. So what I'm trying to do is come up with a way to uh, create a class where uh, People can learn this information maybe in a, in, in a more um, streamlined fashion. 
and then be able to to go into the courses and kind of speed through them like I am right now and get them done a lot more quickly than than six months. Um, certainly, I, I, I'm not condoning that anybody cheat. I've been able to do this because of prior knowledge. It's not that I'm cheating the test or I'm, I'm, I'm passing the test because I'm uh, having somebody take them for me or anything like that. Not at all. And I would never, um, never do that because this is ethically, you could actually get college courses for this. So I, ethically, you could not uh, have people cheat. But it's just to me like um, people who count cards, people who learn how to count cards. I know the casinos call that cheating, but I don't. Uh, to me, if you're able to do that, if you've trained your mind to be able to count cards, as long as you're not using any kind of, um, you know, uh, clicker or anything like that, if you're using your own brain power, then to me, that's that's not cheating. You're you're doing what you need to do, and if you're successful, well, you know, that's that's great. So that's that's the goal is to to be able to teach people how to use this information and then how to pass these tests and become project managers and also become project management experts. Um, I, it takes time. It's not something, even if you pass all the tests and you get done the, the, uh, the, all six courses, you still need to put it into practice wherever you go to work. I think that most companies now understand or hope they do, uh, that people are not project management experts, uh, just because they've taken courses and learned through books. That's a huge part of it, but you, you really need time to put it into practice. So that's that's where we uh, that's where I'm I'm going right now. It's just a, it's a work in progress and it's going to take some time. But, um, you know, again, another thing that we're learning and, and I think is pretty well known now is people don't like to self-learn. They, they really don't. Um, it's very difficult for people to set aside time to watch videos and to read readings and do all these different things to learn. They really need somebody there to coach them through it, to, to get them through the prompts. And again, that's why you're seeing, or at least I'm seeing, that these courses are being started. People do course one, maybe do course two, and then they drop off after that. It just becomes too much. So um, whether it's computer training, soft skills training, whatever it is, I, I, I really do believe that I will never be out of business because people need a trainer. They need somebody to coach them. You really can't learn many things on your own and be extremely proficient in them without some kind of coaching. Uh, the only reason I'm able to do what I'm doing with this set of courses is because I've been taught by other people. I've, I've had coaches. I've had trainers train me on project management. Um, and and I, that's, that's really the, the long and the short of it. So uh, as great as, as it is that you have these companies like Google who do these these courses, I, I, I don't think the day is ever going to be there where um, the majority of people are going to say, you know what, I don't need a, I don't need an instructor. I don't need a coach. I'll just do it myself. Yeah, you know, Justin, you made some really good points there. Um, I think when we have someone like you with us, the information really gets ingrained into our brain because when you're just reading something a lot of times it's like with listening we get distracted so we're looking at it we're reading it but we're actually thinking about something else exactly i mean how many times have you i'm sure dr jacqueline you've done this too just like everybody else where you read a paragraph five six seven times because 
you were never able to concentrate on it because something else was going on or there was an issue that you were worried about or whatever it is. It's so true. And, and I think the other thing about being able to learn with a coach, with a mentor, with a trainer is you get to ask questions. You can actually do um, role play scenarios, business cases, and that's a lot different than reading something. I think there's a good place for reading material as well, but I think it's just one aspect of it. And when you're talking about project management, which has so many layers, and um, we talked about this before, it's a full-time commitment right. to project management. Where are some of the places that you've seen that people get tripped up when they start working in a capacity as a project manager? Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing is people don't know where to start. I think that's that's the hardest thing is um, trying to, you know, what, what do you use? Do you use Microsoft Project? Do you use an Excel spreadsheet? Do you use Google Sheets? You know, first of all, what, what piece of software do you use? And then once you decide that, I think they have trouble deciding, you know, what, to what depth they're going to go in project management. For instance, in Microsoft Project, you could have nine levels of tasks. So you could have a task and then a subtask and a sub of that, and you could go nine levels deep. Mm. That's extremely detailed. Is that necessary? Depends on the project. It, 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 for most, no. Most, I would say, would go maybe three or four deep, max. But let's say that you're building a, a house and there are multiple layers to get things done. You could go as far as nine deep in, in Microsoft Project. Um, you know, how, there, there are all kinds of, of calculations of how to decide what durations the tasks are going to be. So I have a, a basic question for entrepreneurs. There's so many things that we do that we could consider a project. When do we need project management? When do we need to engage with you? What is like, what are the criteria? Is it the number of steps? Is it the length of time? Is it the budget? What is it? It's going to be different things to different people. It's going to be what you decide you need help with. Uh, some people, I, like for instance, when I run my charity events, I really don't create a project plan. I, I have it in my head. I know what I need. I know what my budget's going to be. Um, I do create some spreadsheets to calculate budget and calculate how much money we're bringing in through ticket sales and corporate sponsorship. Uh, but for somebody else, they might want a project plan. They might want the tasks spelled out. They might want a work breakdown structure. We call it a WBS uh, where you create what are called summary tasks and subtasks. So I might, let's say I'm going to write a book and I want to uh, not just write the book, but I want to be able to sell it. I want to be able to, to uh, have it published. So you might have some subtasks and some people might call them phase one, phase two, phase three. Other people might call them something else. You might have a pre-write phase and then you might have a writing phase and then you might have an editing phase and then a printing phase, then a publishing phase. And then under those phases would be the subtasks that need to get done. So for instance, in the pre-write phase, one thing might be um, search the web, do, do uh, some um, research on the internet or um, investigate what software you're going to need to write this book. Are you going to use Microsoft Word? Are you going to use Google Docs? What are you going to use for um, the writing process? And then after you get all of your, um, you know, no, oh, another one that I can think of just came to me. 
uh, interview a subject matter expert. You may be writing a book where you need a subject matter expert who will give you information that is necessary for this book to, to make sense. So that's another one you know, that might be in the pre-write phase. And then how do they link to each other? You know, do they, do they happen in succession? So is it one after the other? We call that a finish to start relationship. Do they start at the same time, a start to start relationship? Do they finish simultaneously? It's a finish to finish relationship. So those are all things uh, that you have to factor in. Now, here's, here's the rub. There are some times in, in, in my charity events where it would actually cost me time to spend the time building a project plan for it because I don't need one. I can, I can get it done and, and be successful in it. And I've done it over a few years where I, I don't really need a project plan. Now, what if the first two years were unsuccessful? Let's say that instead of actually getting money and, and being on the positive side, we were actually on the negative side. Or let's say that the, the event never happened because we, we missed deadlines. Well, then I might want to create a project plan um, the next time, the third year, because the first two years we didn't do so well without one. So it's, it's a really difficult question to answer. And I think that's that's one thing that I want to try to – and I don't even know the answer myself. I want to, I want to try to figure out how much is too much. Uh, we had Ralph Benershka on uh, a few months ago when we were doing the um, Take Steps show. And one of Rolf's mantras is don't let good, uh, great be the enemy of good enough. So in other words, don't do and redo and redo and redo. Sometimes good enough is literally good enough. And you can say, well, th this is fine. We're going to put this out. And maybe if we do this again, we could do it better. But if, if you constantly try to recreate the wheel, You'll never get the project done. So really, it's a long answer to when should you, as Dr. Jacqueline asked, when should you create a project plan? The answer is it depends. It, you're going to have to decide whether the time building the project plan is worth it. If building that project plan is going to bring you to success, then do it. If it's going to keep you under budget, if it's going to keep you within scope and on time, absolutely do it. But if you could be on time under budget and within scope without the project plan honestly my advice would be don't do it it's just going to take more time great answer thank you so much so justin you've been taking these courses and you mentioned that they're i don't know if it's timed out but probably not because people are skipping through right you don't have to go through every page every you have to i i can fast forward through the videos and just kind of get blurbs from it because I know the terminology, so I'm able to, to see the terminology. So a six minute video I watch in 30 seconds. Okay. And then, <laughs> you know, uh, one, one of the, the documents might be a 20 minute document. It, it tells you on there how long it should take you to read it, but I don't need to, I could skim it because again, I, I have some prior experience. So I just look for the key words and I'm able to know, you know, what, what I need to know at that point. And then there's a test at the end and, to pass the test, you got to know the answers. So it's, right. it's not like you can fudge it or any in any way. But um, I, I, I would not be able to do this without 20 years of 23 years of project management experience. That's a lot of experience. That's for sure. Yeah. So what happens as business owners when we get our heads stuck on individual tasks instead of the whole project? So we go down this rabbit hole and by doing that, 
we're taking our time away from the overall project itself. Is there any direction you can give us here? What you're talking about there is scope creep. Scope creep is when you start adding additional tasks. You know, project managers oftentimes, especially new project managers, will say, you know what, I'm going to add this little task. It's only one day of duration. Not a big deal. Okay, fine. It's one day. And it's only going to cost $2,000. No big deal. And then the next day, they add another one. Uh-oh. Did I lose you, Dr. Jacqueline? No, I'm here. Somehow I lost oh, my screen flicker there. So uh, uh, what I was saying was the um, other part of scope creep is, you know, if you do it once, if you add one small task for $2,000 in a one-day duration, that's not a humongous deal. If you do that 20 times, that's a big deal. You just added 20 days to your project and $40,000. So scope creep are the little extra tasks that you add to your project. Just going to do this one more. Just going to do this one more. But add this one more. Well, those one mores, when you add them up, are many more. <laughs> and that's what we don't we don't see. It's, it's, it's the – that's why they call it scope creep. It kind of creeps up on you. And that's what we got to watch. And that's one of the reasons why if you're noticing that you're doing more tasks than you should, or if you're doing different tasks than you thought you would do, maybe the next time you want to create a project plan and try to stay on scope. That's scope creep. Scope creep. Creep. Because it creeps up on you. <laughs> <laughs> like a ghost. Yeah, we don't want that happening. So, no. Justin, how do you work with your clients in terms of helping them in this area of project management? Because you just talked about you're expanding your knowledge, right? You're taking right. more courses. We're coming to the end of the year. People are budgeting for next year and, and project management obviously is uh, is very important. So how do you work with your clients? Well, I do training courses on Microsoft Project where we do get into some theory, but to be honest with you, nowhere near six months worth of theory. The project management, uh, Microsoft Project classes are about uh, two days. Um, again, we talk a little bit about theory, but we really mainly stick to the program itself. What I'm trying to do is find a way to offer classes like boot camp classes where you can learn six months of project management theory, not, not programs with theory. Um, in a shorter amount of time. So if I could reduce somebody's time by three months and half it from six months to three months, that's a pretty big deal. Um, that's not only a time saving, but a, uh, you're, you're saving money as well, because the more months that you have to be signed up for these courses, the more it costs you. Um, so that that's that's what I'm doing now. And it, it's, it's a pretty big uh, undertaking. It's not going to be something that's very easy because project management, what people don't realize about it, if they, if they haven't been involved with it before, is just how detailed it is. The, the, the Gantt charts, perk charts, uh, RACI charts, all kinds of different um, data analysis tools that we talk about, forecasting, communication skills. There are, there are so many soft skills and hard skills that go into project management that you, you can never learn it you know, in just a couple of days. And and that's what I've been doing over my career is just been giving the, the two day, here's Microsoft project. Here's a little bit of theory. We're going to just go through it very quickly over two days. Now what I want to do is I want to have like, again, a, a boot camp where we, we really hit hard 
six months worth of information and, and try to knock it down to three or four months. And that's, that's the goal. And it, it's going to take some time, but that's what I'm shooting for. Thanks for sharing that. And Justin, what I'm wondering is, is it the business owner who should be taking the course? I hate to use should, but is the business owner the one who should learn project management or is that something that you hand off to somebody else? If you have the budget, you would hand it off to somebody else because as a biz business owner, you have a lot on your plate and project management in and of itself is a full-time job depending on how big the project is and how many projects do you have? You know, uh, if, if I'm a Habitat for Humanity, for instance, they don't build one house at a time. They're building homes for hundreds of people at a time. So they have hundreds of projects going on at the same time, uh, which we call a portfolio where it, you have multiple projects, similar ones going on at the same time. And then you have programs on top of that, which are uh, the portfolios and the, and the projects together. So if I'm a, if I'm a business owner now for me, I'm not in a position where I can afford to hire a full-time project manager. Uh, it's just, it's very expensive. They make a lot of money and it's a growing a business. If somebody is looking for a new job and they're, they want to get into the business world and, and find something that's really growing project management is where it's at. There's, I, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but the estimates are uh, a huge number of people are going to be needed in this field over the next uh, 10 years. So uh, if, I, if I'm a business owner and I have multiple projects and I'm making really, really good money, you probably want to hire a project manager and hand it off. And what kind of skill sets does a successful project manager have? Organization skills, uh, forecasting skills, communication skills, Skill, uh, computer skills, you have to be able to run reports, spreadsheets, work in some sort of uh, Microsoft project or Monday.com, one of those types of programs. There, there's a whole uh, interpersonal skills. You know, how do you treat people? We talked about um, uh, empowerment in one of our, our sessions and in, in entrepreneur and so much more. And, you know, how much of that is people skills, being able to get people to do what you want them to do, getting them to want to do what you want them to do is really the key. So there's so much to it. Uh, it's not just one skill. It's you really have to be multifaceted if you want to be a really good project manager. And would you say that project management falls under soft skills or are these actual hard skills? It's a mix. It, it, it's both a science and an art. It, the, the science part of it is there are certain things that we know will make you successful. If you're organized, you're going to be, that's one way to be successful. It's one part of the success uh, equation, uh, being able to forecast that's there's, there's science to this. We, we can look back at past history. We can talk to the people who have actually done these tasks before. There are uh, many different things you could do. And there's also an art to it. Um, when do you use the right tools? You know, let, let's say we're talking about risk, risk management. Well, what risks are acceptable? What risks are not? How do you score them? There's a way to score them. There's a whole spreadsheet on how to score risk. You know, how likely is it? You know, is it 5% likely? Is it 20% likely? Is it 100% likely? If it happens, What's the damage to the project? Would it be catastrophic or would it be something you could absorb? Uh, 
So you have to look at risk a lot of different ways, not just could it happen, but how likely is it to happen? And if it happened, what would be the, the upshot of it? Would it destroy your project? I mean, if a meteor hit Earth, every project on Earth would be destroyed. But do we rank that as a high risk? Of course not, because the odds of that happening are, are what, one in a billion? So you can't say, well, gee, that would be catastrophic, so we better score that really, really high. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, will people get sick and miss days of work? Absolutely. That's that's 100% going to happen. If you have 100% of people working on a project, I guarantee you somebody someday will get sick and miss a day of work, two days of work, even maybe a week of work. But is that catastrophic? No. Somebody else will pick up the slack or that person will come back and they'll get it done afterwards. Or maybe if they're feeling a little bit better, they'll jump on the computer from home. So, you know, there's, there's all of this that's involved in project management. And even for me, to be honest with you, with the experience that I have, sometimes I'm even feeling like, man, this is just so much. I feel like I'm, I'm inundated. I feel like I have to walk away and kind of take a deep breath and stand back. And, you know, that's, that's, just part of it. I mean, it, there's so much. It goes back to, you know, don't let good enough be the enemy of, uh, uh, don't let great rather be the enemy of good enough. Sometimes um, you have to say to yourself, look, I, I don't need to spend this much time planning. I, I have to do more doing. And that's, that's the art part of it. Wow, that was a great explanation. Thank you. Once again, learning something new. And it's yeah. also interesting. I kind of thought that project management was uh, for someone who is more introverted, but yet you're talking about communication being effect and a number of other things where you're extrovert. So it's, I guess it's that art science thing and it's extrovert, introvert. You have to be able to work alone and you have to be able to work with a group. You have stakeholders, right? People, stakeholders or anybody who has a vested interest in the success of the project. So your stakeholders are your, your stockholders, your resources, that your subordinates, um, uh, the owners of the company, the, the CEO, everybody's a stakeholder. And the way you speak with them is different. The way you communicate with them is different. When you communicate with them is different. You know, I would never go to a CEO and say, you know, Mary Smith was out sick yesterday and we're behind schedule. The CEO doesn't want to know that. The CEO wants to know, bottom line, are you getting things done, right? Those are the little things that the CEO would say, I, I don't want, you know, I, I can't be bothered with those little things. I have much more important things to worry about. So knowing who to communicate with and when, that's another humongous part of project management. That's a, a great point to know. I'm thinking that if you're involved working individually and you put all this information together, you have to be able to successfully communicate what it is that you've done and the results. How you communicate, um, who, the, the way you communicate with, with your subordinates, you know, letting them know you have to have positive feedback for people. You know, you've done a great job. I really appreciate it. You know, we're ahead of schedule or, you know, we're a little bit behind schedule, but I know you guys have been working hard. Let's find out. Let's figure out a way to get us back on track. You know, what could I do to help you? And it goes back to the last show that we did about service. If I'm a project manager, I have to be willing to roll up my sleeves and say, all right, I'm going to get involved here. If people are having a problem, if, if things are behind schedule, you know, I, I have to accept that. You know, one of the things we talked about in the last show was that, 
it's hard, but when things go well, you have to give away all the credit. And when things go bad, you have to take all the blame if you're the, if you're the leader. That's what good leaders do. So you have to be able to do that and be willing to do that if you're going to be a, a project manager because you are the leader. You're leading the project. Thank you, Justin. And I know there's a number of other areas where you work with people. We've talked about them before, soft skills. And I think it's important to just put it out there again as we close out the year for people to think about areas that maybe they need to expand their knowledge or give access to their team members so that people can learn soft skills. Yeah, I teach courses on empowerment, uh, communication skills, leadership skills, time management. I'm just trying to think of them all off the top of my head. And, and there's there's plenty more. Um, you go to my website, which is www.justforyoutc, all spelled out, J-U-S-T-F-O-R-Y-O-U-T-C.com. And uh, you can email me at justin at justforyoutc.com. Even if there's a course that you were looking for that is, isn't listed, uh, you could ask. I'd be happy to put, I, I do, in fact, put courses together for people um, that, you know, a certain company wants um, a course and I could put it together for you. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the it's sad, but I can sell the computer training. I, I train up to the expert level in Excel and Word, PowerPoint, Visio, Access, all these computer programs. And they're, they're fairly easy to sell. But the soft skills classes, unfortunately, the world is not woken up yet to how important they are. And I, you know, I don't know if this is good for me to say or not, but really more of your success as a human being and as an employee is, is based on the soft skills, 75%. In fact, 75% of your success is how good of a communicator you are, what your time management skills are, what your conflict management skills are. That's really 75% of, of what your success will be. The 25% are the other things, Excel, Word, all of the, the software. So what I'm hoping is that, you know, if you're listening out there, if you're watching, uh, if, if you're a company where you're noticing that, man, you can't keep people in the building, their turnover is so high, people are leaving all the time. That's because you have poor leadership. That's usually the reason. It's usually not because they feel like they're not making enough money. That could be part of it, but that's usually not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is, are they happy where they are? And if they're not happy, that means the leadership is not allowing them to be happy. And we we know that that's so true. If you don't respect your immediate supervisor, your manager, or you've had issues, that's when people leave and you can throw whatever amount of money at them and that's not going to be a reason for them to stay. If they do stay, they're going to be unhappy. And we know what happens when you're unhappy in a job. No, you're going to leave. You're going to leave. And all that money that you put into training those people and all that money that you put into uh, hiring, the hiring process, you just lost all of it. And then here we go again. You got to hire somebody else and train them again. It's so much cheaper and cost effective to keep people than to have to hire new people. Absolutely. A question I just want to ask you uh, as we close out the year is, uh, is this a good time to take a couple of weeks off if you own a business? Do you say, hey, the last two weeks of the year I've checked out? I do. <laughs> I take. I just sent it, an email today to one of my clients and they wanted to know if I was available during the uh, Christmas to New Year's week. And I said, no, I'm not available. 
So, yeah, I think so. I mean, unless you're so far uh, in debt right now that you really absolutely need the money, I could see that. But if you're doing okay and you're on the plus side, I would take the time. You can never get the time back. So that was a great example that you just gave. You had someone call you. They wanted to hire you. You're like, no, I'm not working. So you actually said bye-bye to that money. <laughs> you were like, down business. yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. So for people out there who are so afraid of missing every single minute at their work, at their office, at their business, how can they separate and find that this as a time of year to be with family, friends, self-reflection, gratitude, and put a little more into that and a little less into the day-to-day? -day? Well, you have to remember that there is a January. It's not like the, the, the world ends after Christmas and after New Year's. So if you're concerned about it, just think, all right, well, then I could always push this back. Usually, I, I, I'm sure that this client will still run these classes. They just will run it in January or February instead of December. So the money, you could always make it back. You can never, ever, ever get the time back. There's only going to be one, if you're, if, if you're a Christian, there's one Christmas between uh, in, in 2022. That's it. You get one. And if you live long enough, you know, hopefully we all live to our 80s and 90s. That's only 80 or 90 Christmases. You, you don't get a whole lot of them uh, considering all the other days that, throughout the year. So the way I look at it is that money could always come back, but I'll never get Christmas of 22 back. Um, so to me, it's it's a no brainer. I love that you just really summarize like that. It's it's a finite number. And it is. Yeah. If there's 365 days in a year and there's only 80 Christmases, if you live to be 80, that's, yeah, that's take advantage. Enjoy. They're all not going to be the best, but you want to make them as great as they can be. Now let's go into January. And as you know, everybody starts making all these promises and it starts now really. And then it's like with a gym and you've seen it. I know you work out from home, um, but gyms get all these people signing up and nobody comes. They're like, yeah, I thought I was going to be committed to this, but I'm actually not. So as a business owner, when we look to next year, what are some things that are important that we are committed to? I'm thinking employees to our culture, the, the culture that we have in the organization. What else can you think of? Well, I think you have to be committed to putting in once you've taken time off. I think what happens is a lot of times people feel so good about the relaxation that it's hard to get back into the stress again. And I, I know that for me, early January is tough because I feel so relaxed and I, I almost don't want to have that pressure on my shoulders again, but you have to accept it. That's what you're doing. If you're running a business, you, you will have pressure. The only people who don't have pressure are people who are dead. Everybody alive has pressure in some way or another, whether you're an entrepreneur or my wife who's a school teacher or anything else. If you're a living, you have stress and you, you can't say, well, you know, it, uh, last last week between Christmas and New Year's felt so good. I want another week of that. And I want another week of that. And I want another week of that because now you're going to go into February. So you have to, you know, some people I, I, I know have trouble with diets. I'll use that as an example. Once they go off the diet for a day or two, then they, they splurge forever. They just don't ever go back to the diet. And that I think that's the hard part for all of us is is – once we give ourselves the treat, we got to say, all right, we had the treat. It's time to, to buckle down again until the next time for a treat. 
So don't let, you know, letting yourself have some downtime mean that you're going to continue it for, you know, four or five, six weeks. It's, it's enjoy the hell out of Christmas and New Year's, but then get back into the swing. Of the- yeah, good point. I, I know I felt this way in the past. I don't feel it now, but, and other people feel this way where it takes so much energy to get yourself at the level of performance. And then if you take any time off, it's like, oh, how am I going to pull all that energy again? It's like yeah. you with the weightlifting, right? If you stop lifting weights for a while, how are you going to get back up to the numbers that you're doing? You think about all that work. So I think that's part of the reason why people become so obsessed that they don't want to have to literally start all over again but you're not no you're not starting all over again you're just trying to get back into the 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 swing that's all you know there's a big difference between starting from scratch and and just picking up where you left off that's there's a huge difference yeah absolutely justin tell us about your charity and tell us is there anything new with the game that you've been looking to put on for a while yeah, it's been pretty slow only because uh, COVID really, really hurt us. Um, the charity is Checkmates Charitable Association. Uh, the website is www.checkmatescharity.com. And my email there is justin at checkmatescharity.com. And uh, we're, we're talking right now about putting together another event, probably uh, not in 23, maybe in 24. And what we do are NHL celebrity hockey games to raise money and awareness, of course, uh, for inflammatory bowel disease. And for uh, those with an ostomy, uh, those who don't know, I had ulcerative colitis uh, for 12 years. It was developing into colon cancer. So I had my entire large intestine, rectum and anus removed. And I have what's called an ileostomy. It's permanent. And uh, it's a bag. And the bag is, I dumped the bag several times a day. And it's my version of a bowel movement. And um, what we're trying to do is, is, is raise money for folks who, a were in my position where they have inflammatory bowel disease and b who are in my position now where they have uh an appliance we call it uh an, either an ileostomy a colostomy a urostomy there are several different types of ostomies and um they, you know these these are these are communities that are very underserved because it, it, it's not something that people want to talk about people don't want to talk about a bathroom disease it's and it's much more than that uh, i don't think a lot of people know really what these diseases do to those those who have them. Um, and sometimes when I mention I had ulcerative colitis, they say, "I what is that? I never heard of it before. And then I say, well, it's, it's similar to Crohn's disease. And they say, oh, I've heard of Crohn's. So that's, that's what we're up against. So Checkmates is really trying, we're trying our best to uh, get the word out there that there are people in this community and we need money and uh, we need awareness. I love what you're doing. It's it's wonderful. And I understand, as you know, I'm a patient. And I'd like to just say we have our support group for the Crohn's Colitis Foundation. It's tomorrow night. If anybody would like to join, the information is on all of my social media, Jacqueline Kerbeck, Dr. Jacqueline. So little segue. Justin, it's been so much fun seeing you. And I'm so glad that uh, you are coming back next year. This show is renewed and we will see you next um, January. I'm not sure of the date, but you'll also be at our year anniversary celebration. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Can you believe it's almost a year? It's 
it's unbelievable to me. It really is. It's crazy. It's been a great year. We've got some exciting things coming up with new people joining and new spotlights on various countries around the world. So I'm just very grateful and just thankful that you are a big part of it. Thank you too. You've done a spectacular job. This is an amazing place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to spotlight you again. Please let people know how they can reach you. Uh, are you available in January for people to, to hire? You? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm available from January 2nd on. So uh, yeah, you can reach me at uh, Justin at just for UTC, all spelled out J U S T F O R Y O U T C.com. Justin at just for UTC.com. My cell number is 610-324-5545. You can give me a call or uh, shoot me a text and let me know uh, what you need. But I do all kinds of training. Uh, again, uh, Microsoft applications, other uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, OneDrive, SharePoint, all these different um, applications, Adobe Acrobat. I do those classes and I do soft skills, communications time management, project management, all kinds of different uh, courses. So if you need to build your staff, I can do it for you. Justin's the guy to call. So please do reach out to him and connect with him on LinkedIn as well. That's a great place yes. to find you. Yeah. So I thank you so much. And I'm just wishing you the best of holidays. I'll be speaking to you anyway, but enjoy yourself. Yeah. Enjoy the time too, away. <laughs> yes, you, you too. Enjoy it. Thanks so much. All right, Justin and I are signing off for now. That's our last show for today. We will be back tomorrow. I have to just give a little plug. If you missed the Spelling Bee show today, it was a winner. I'm telling you, go over to our YouTube channel. Go there anyway. You'll find all of our shows listed in playlists. And the Spelling Bee is under The Spelling Bee. So awesome. thanks, everyone. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Bye. Bye.